Oh, I say somebody shout, preach the word. Hallelujah. How many have started preaching the word? Oh, I say how many have started preaching the word? You are a preacher. Amen. So preach the word. Second Timothy chapter number 4. We are reading verse 1 through to 5. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Hallelujah. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, desires, because they have itching years, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Amen. The, to- the broad topic that we've been talking about is preach the word, isn't it? But today I'm going to concentrate on the last command at the end of verse 5. It says, fulfill your ministry. Hallelujah. But before we get there, I want us to go back to what we did last week. We gave reasons why you must preach the word. How many remember? And I said that it's because we have been commanded to do so, number one. How many got that? Number two was what? Hell is real. Hell exists. Hallelujah. That is why we must preach the word. If hell wasn't real, then we wouldn't need to preach the word. Number three. Obedience is what? It's evidence of your own salvation. Number four. Remaining in silence is a sin. Amen. Number, num- number five. When you preach the word, you increase your own knowledge of the word of God. In school, how many remember when you're in school that the ones who teach their, their contemporaries or their mates always do better in the exam than those who know but don't teach anybody? Because the more you teach, the better you get at, you become. You, you see, don't tell me that you are a preacher because you have a, a, a certificate or you have a, a, a title. If you don't preach, you don't get good. When you preach, you become better. Am I making sense? So it's, it is to our own good and our own benefit that we keep preaching. And you see, you don't need a big platform to be a preacher. Every preaching starts with one person. Are you with me? I say every preaching starts with what? One person. It doesn't matter how many people are in the room. You are preaching to one. Am I making sense? So you have to learn how to preach to one person. So when you are preaching in a room to one person, don't think that you are not doing anything. You are doing something great. Am I making sense? Because you don't need a whole auditorium. You don't need about a thousand people gathered before you feel like you are preaching. But that you've got to learn how to preach to chairs. If you haven't learned how to preach to chairs, you can't learn how to preach to a thousand people. <laughs> Are you with me? When you start the church, you will see that you have to learn how to preach to chairs. Because there will be only like one or two people. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. One or two people will be there. So you have to learn how to preach. You see, when somebody becomes a, 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 when I go anywhere and I see a pastor who is preaching and he has a certain attitude and he's talking down on people, I know that this person hasn't started a church before. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? They haven't started a church before, so they don't have any respect for one soul. But when you start with empty chairs and one person comes to listen to you, 
and they go and come back again the following Sunday, you you really be compassionate. <laughs> and you respect them. So you choose your words carefully. Am I making sense? <laughs> Hallelujah. What number are we on? Number six. Sorry? You will study and read more. Amen. You will cite the scriptures and you will know more. Because you don't want to be preaching and in the middle of the sermon, your, your sermon is finished. There was a guy who was always, he was an assistant pastor. And he always wanted to, be a, to preach. No, it was, it was a school. He was just like an assistant to the main guy. He always wanted to preach. He always wanted to preach. And he, he always felt that he could do better than the person who was preaching. So one day, the guy, the leader of the group, was sick and went home. So that day, they said to him, the executive said to him that today you have to preach. This Sunday service, because the leader has gone home. And he was excited. He said, today, the way I will face them, the way I will preach, they will see that they are preachers and they are preachers. So he prepared the sermon. He actually went through his notes, made sure he had some, you know, scriptures that is not common. He searched for all the scriptures. Then he started, you know, the, the sermon is always for 45 minutes. So he started preaching very powerfully. And it was very, very, you know, animated and was very shouting and everything. Preaching, 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 preaching. He had preached all his notes. Then he lifted up his head and looked. He had only been preaching for seven minutes. Meanwhile, there are 45 minutes to go. So he says, what will I do? So he went back to number one. And he started preaching, 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 preaching. He preached the, the whole notes again. Then he looked. He had only done 15 minutes. Then he started to preach again from number one. Then the whole church started, oh, we have heard the same points three times. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you've got to learn and you've got to you do a little bit more research if you are going to preach the word. Amen. And we know that the Bible says in uh, first, uh, uh, Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved. You, you know, the more you study, the more you become approved. You know, sometimes you think you know. But when you study, you realize that you don't know much. Hallelujah. What was the next one? Pray more. If you are going to be a preacher, you will have to learn how to pray more. Amen. Because it's a spiritual exercise. Amen. Number 10. Number 8. It deepens your gratitude for the cross. Amen. It deepens your gratitude for the cross. Number nine. Sorry? We ended at number nine. Okay, so number nine. Did I give you to remain silent is a sin? I think I left one out. We strive to love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves by preaching to them. We need to strive to preach to our neighbors because we have to love them as much as we love ourselves. How many would have wanted somebody to preach to you earlier than they did? Then you uh, you have really not gone through a lot more problems than you did. If you had somebody preaching to you early. Amen. Number 10 is we have to, we have been commanded to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 33. He says that just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. The first uh, verse, the following verse, that's uh, chapter number 11, verse number 1, says that imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Amen. 
First Corinthians 10, 33, that's the last verse, says that just as I, I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, that there will be profiting for many, that they may be saved. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's chapter 11, verse 1. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. So I'm not seeking my own profit. This is what Paul was saying. I'm not seeking my own profit. I'm seeking the profit of many by preaching the word to many. So imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. Amen. But today I want us to go to my message, which is fulfill your ministry. Hallelujah. Fulfill your ministry. Somebody say fulfill your ministry. Let's go back to that scripture, which is in 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. Be, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. To start with, all of us have a ministry. Whether you know it or not, you have a ministry. Hallelujah. And it is that ministry that you are going to be required to give account of. In, is it Luke 25, I think, or John 25, the, the, the householder, the householder came and he reckoned with the servants. He said that, come and give, an, I think it's John 25, he said, come and give an account of all that you have done. Amen. He called the servants and he asked them, he gave some ten, uh, uh, five talents, one talent, five talents, and what? Is it John 10? No. Look, I think it's Luke 25. Did I say John? So, yeah, the talents. Matthew 25. Why did I say, why am I saying Luke and John? Matthew 25 is verse 14, yes. Thank you. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, and he called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Hallelujah. And after a while, he gave one five talents, another two, and another one, each according to their own ability. So you realize that each person's ministry is different. Am I making sense? Everybody has a ministry. It's like the talent that has been given. And it is that talent or it's that ministry that you are going to be how you have to pay, uh, give account or render an account of. Amen. He says, and after a while, verse 16, quickly. Next verse. Then he would, ha- he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Amen. Which means that your ministry is supposed to develop and evolve. You may start with five, but you are not supposed to end with five. Hallelujah. You may start with five talents or two talents or one, but you are supposed to grow it. Ministry grows. No ministry is static or no ministry reduces. the, The import or the purpose of ministry is supposed to grow. Am I making sense? So the one who received five talents made five talents more. And the one who had two talents, he also made two more, two more on it, isn't it? And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in few things. Be receive. I will make you a ruler over many things. Amen. You've been faithful in few things. I'll make you a ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. Then the one who received one talent said, 
Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent. Look, you have what is yours. Amen. You have what is yours. He didn't do much with the, ta- the ministry God gave him. Amen. Amen. And the master was very angry. Hallelujah. I'm in verse 26. But the Lord answered and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and that at my coming I may receive back my own with interest. Hallelujah. This gives us an inkling that God is interested in progress. Am I making sense? God wants your ministry to expand, to make progress. We all have different ministries. We'll come to that. But I want you to understand that everyone has a ministry. You see, this guy who had one talent, he was envious of the guys who had five and two. And that is why he felt that his was not significant. Because if you look at the, the story, the master never gave the person who had five talents more than he gave the person who had two talents. What he said was that you have been faithful in few things. I will make you a ruler over what? Many things. That is what he said to the one who had five talents and had made five talents more. The one who had two talents and and made two talents more, what did he say? You've been faithful in few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Amen. Which means that if the guy who had the one talent had also made one extra, he would have received the same blessing. You have been faithful in few. I'll make you ruler over many things. That is presupposes that we should not be envious of somebody's much talent or much ministry. Amen. No, but you see, God doesn't care that you have thousands of people and you are doing this and you are doing that and you are doing that. Your reward is the same as the one he gave one talent to. If the person is going to be faithful. Am I making sense? Because what we normally do is that we hide that that one talent or the little ministry God has given us because we feel it is not significant. Amen. We feel that that ministry is not significant. And if you look at, uh, go back to verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, he shows us how we can increase our ministry. He shows us how we can increase our ministry. He says that be watchful in all things, number one, isn't it? That means that be, be, be conscious, be alert, know what you have been given. To whom much is given, much is required. Hallelujah. Whatever you've been given, one day you have to pay a, a, a rec, a reconcile with the master. One day you have to give account of it. Am I making sense? So you've got to know and you've got to be watchful over that thing that God has given you. God has given you a church like this. It's a talent. It's a ministry. Are you watchful? Are you fulfilling it? God has given you the knowledge he has given you. God has given you the the zeal he has given you. God has given the passion he has given you for a reason. God has given you your age, your health for a reason. Amen. So that be watchful in all things. And then number two, endure affliction. Somebody say endure affliction. See, Jesus said something. Anybody who comes after me must take up his cross and follow me. Then he goes on to say that anyone who does not take up his cross is not worthy of me. Are you, are you with me? You are not worthy of having a great ministry or a harvest of, of your ministry if you are not prepared to take up your cross. If you are not prepared for shame. If you are not prepared. You see, any ministry that will expand will have to go through some dying process. Hallelujah. Bible says that except a grain of corn falls to the ground. I think it's John 12, 24. Except a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, then it becomes 
Hallelujah. It produces much fruit. Am I making sense? So, if you are not prepared to die, you are not prepared to have a great ministry. Hallelujah. That is the reason why a lot of people like to break churches. Because they are not prepared to die. They would rather break somebody's church and take about 100 people with them. Am I making sense? Yeah. But you see, almost all, since I've been, I've been around, anybody who breaks up, it doesn't last. It's only a matter of time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you have to die to produce much. And the dying process is not a very nice process. You have worms fellowshipping with you. You have death all over you. You have people that will step on you. It is called the dying process. Hallelujah. If your ministry is to sink, you will sing some off tunes. You will make some mistakes. That will make you not even want to sing again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making sense. If your ministry is to preach, one day you preach and you bomb the sermon. You know when you have bombed the thing, you yourself, as you are preaching, you can know that this thing is not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, you, you want the time to go quickly or you want the ground to open and swallow you. And meanwhile, the people are looking at you. And you can feel the judgmental <laughs> eyes that they are giving you. And time is not moving. Like this brother who was trying to impress. And after seven minutes, his sermon is finished. Now it's gone and gone. And, and as you repeat it, the time goes down. Hallelujah. You see... You have to go through that dying process. Somebody will have to step. Somebody you think you know better than will step on you, will judge you, will, will think ill of you. It's part of ministry. You've got to go through the cross. You've got to endure affliction. Hallelujah. It is only in ministry that affliction is the way to productivity. Am I making sense? It is in only in ministry that if you want to fulfill your ministry, if your ministry is to preach, if your ministry is to pray, if your ministry is to work miracles, you will lay hands and there will be no miracle. Amen. Amen. But you see, the, the thing about it is that you've got to move, keep going, keep doing the work, keep doing it. Even when it looks like you have failed, keep doing it. Or I say, even when it looks like it's not working, keep doing it. Hallelujah. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Hallelujah. I say somebody needs to fulfill their ministry. Tell yourself, I'll fulfill my ministry. Or say it like you mean it. I'll fulfill my ministry. Amen. So I'm going to give us a few things that we need to know if we are going to fulfill our ministry. So a few things that we need to know if we are going to fulfill our ministry. Number one, begin right away. Begin right away. The definition of ministry is service. Hallelujah. When we say ministry, all we are saying is what? Service. And service is what? Service. When you see a great man or woman of God, they are a servant of God. When you see the person who is playing the keyboard or the drums, they are what? A servant of God. When you see the person who sweeps the place and he puts the chairs out, they are what? Servants of God. When you see the one who does the singing, before the preacher comes, what are they? Servants of God. Hallelujah. And you see, service is a process. You start from one and then you go on. The Bible says that then shall we know 
if we follow on to know. You see, the work of ministry starts with following. It doesn't start with you leading. Hallelujah. So I will ask, whose hand have you poured water? You come and tell me you're a great man of God. I will ask you the question, whose hand did you pour water? Who have you served? Because if you have not been a servant, you can't lead. Hallelujah. If you have not served well, you can't, you can't lead well. Am I making sense? You may do something, but you won't lead well. Amen. So start from where you are. I would advise you to begin your ministry right away where you are. If where you are is to sweep the, or arrange the, the, the place, that is your beginning of your ministry. Amen. When I came to the, I came through the music department. And I was the one who used to fix the things before the musicians, the real musicians come and play. That was my ministry. So we carry, you know, those times we used to have big, um, you know, this type of big uh, jumbo speakers. Not this type of small, small things. I mean, the, the speaker can sit from here to like here. Yeah, and it was my job to set up. So I'll come and then I'll set up the equipment, the, the drums and all those things. Then the real musicians will come after it's all been set up. Then they will come and play. And when they finish, they'll go. <laughs> and then I'll go and take it down. Hallelujah. That was my job. Until one day the drama was not available. Then I was promoted to the drama. Hallelujah. Then from there, I was promoted to the keyboard. Then one day, the choir director left. So they were looking for a, choir, a new choir director. And they said, oh, we are looking for a new choir, a new choir director. But in the interim, Chris, can you fill in till we get a proper choir director? I said, sure. So I was a fill-in. I was the interim of a fill-in choir director. Then I went to fill in the choir. Then as I started filling in the choir, started feeling and feeling. I was only feeling and feeling and feeling. Before they realized, the choir had become about 40, 50 people. One day, we were doing choir rehearsals. Then the pastor came and he said to me, Chris, can I have a word with you? I said, yeah. Then he called me to the side. And he says, oh, I've been thinking. And you know, when my pastor says, I've been thinking, it's not a good sign. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that thing can lead you in a place where you don't want to be. <laughs> he said, I've been thinking. What do you think about being a pastor? I laughed. And I said, you are crazy. And I said it loud. As I was talking, I was laughing. <laughs> you are crazy. Everybody turned and looked. Hey. <laughs> Because the pastor was my mate in the area that we grew up. So, you know, it's like he's your pastor, but he's your friend. It's your... So, one day, well, I dismissed it. I said, no, I won't do it. Me, even this one that I'm doing, if you know the problems that I'm going through here, you won't go and tell, tell me this, this thing that you're telling me. What I didn't know was that that was the greatest school, Bible school, anybody could go. But you can control a group of girls and boys, you know, with all their things. 
I don't know whether you know that the choir people, they have a lot of things. <laughs> you, know, you, you, can, you can almost tell when somebody is having their cycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tantrums that they throw. I, I didn't know all these things, but I learned it on the job. <laughs> you can tell. Are you getting it? Yeah, and that was the greatest school that I went to. Because in the middle of the night, they'll call you that somebody's husband is throwing her things out from the 23rd floor. <laughs> and you have to go and try and catch the, the, the things as it's falling down. And go and beg. All that was a school. It was a Bible pastoral school. So here's a guy who started arranging drums and things. And started arranging chairs. Started playing drums. Started playing keyboard. You see, but that was not the destiny. That was not the destination. That was just as you follow on, your ministry becomes apparent. A lot of people want to get up to the podium and start preaching before they feel that they have a ministry. But ministry doesn't start that way. I'm not making sense to somebody. Ministry always starts from a very small place. It starts from a very, you see, the great uh, apostles were first called disciples. When a disciple is somebody who just follows. They say that make the people sit in company of 50. Then you just, everybody, move here, move here. No, you come here. No, you say, everybody sit down, sit down, sit down. No, no, please sit down. Then the, the person wants to grab you. Oh, please sit down. You two people, move here, move here. All of you sit this way. Then people go here. Then you see that as you're moving, some people are joining that place because they've seen their friend. Meanwhile, there's, there were 50 here, but they've seen their friend in that group. So they want to move and make this group 49 and go and join the group and make it 51. You know, then you see that there's, there's somebody say, I'm going to the toilet. No, I'm not going to the toilet. They want to go ahead. They want to have double. They want to have bread here and have bread there. You see, and you are supposed to, no, no, no. You come and sit here. No, you, you come. No, you are showing, you are teaching people. You are, that, that thing is teaching you how to manage people. Because one day, they will say that, listen, you people have been giving bread to the Jews. And not to the Hellenists. So come and feed us also and our widows. Otherwise, we will leave the church. And say, no, 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 it's not right for us to leave the ministry of the word. Because Jesus never left the ministry. He had disciples who were making people sit in 50s. Jesus didn't go and make people sit in 50s to feed them. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the modern day church a church member, we want Jesus to be the one who will let the people sit in 50s. Because all of us, until I get a microphone, I am not a minister. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no. They, they, every apostle starts as a disciple. And a disciple is a bodyguard. The Syrophoenician woman wants to get through to, to talk to Jesus. He says, no, move, block the hair as she's coming. You block her. And then she keeps begging and she keeps talking. You block her. And, and she says that, I want to see. And then Jesus says, hey, the, the, this bread is for the children, not for dogs. Hallelujah. That's all part of ministry. Amen. Start from where you are. Whatever you've been given to do, wherever you enter the ship, start from there. You came from this angle, start from there. You are just part of the prayer department, start from there. You are part of the people who do the uh, ushering, start from there. Hallelujah. You are part of whatever you are part of, that is where you start your ministry. Luke chapter 10 verse 27. So he answered and said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Love the Lord. 
passionately. In your service, let your love be seen. Somebody say amen. In your service, in your little ministry, do it as if you are doing it to God himself. Because God is the one that sees in secrets and he rewards. Some, some of us, we like to do service when pastor is watching. Hallelujah. Or the things that will give us max. When we feel that this particular job is non-scoring, we do, we're not interested. This, this visit, visiting that I'm visitation that I'm going to do, even pastor will not know that I've gone to visit. These phone calls that I'm calling people to invite them to make sure that they come to church on Sunday, pastor will not even know. But you're not doing it for pastor. Hallelujah. You are doing it for God. Amen. It is not when everybody, all eyes are watching you that you are doing ministry. Amen. You know, I, I, used to, I used to drive a van. And I was in charge of setting up the church. And the, 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 the let's say, I don't know where you, you know. Okay, let's say the, the, the garage, we had a garage that we, we used to put our equipment in. And the garage is um, like from here to, if I say Nando's, how many know, you all know Nando's? Kekstall Nando's. So that's where the garage was. And this is where the church is. And service is supposed to start, at the first service started at what time? Sorry? Early, isn't it? It was about nine, before nine. 8.30 or so. And these equipment are heavy equipment. And I go alone. Sometimes I have to go by 5.30 to pick all the equipment into the van by myself in the middle of winter. Then I would drive to church. By the time I get to church, there's nobody. And it's like, it's like um, where the park is from there inside. So you have to carry these heavy things and bring them in and set up. And I needed to do all these things. So I, I, when I got the money, I don't have my back. I come and do everything, set up. By the time I finish setting up, it's around 7.30, quarter to 8. And by that time, the ashes are coming to set up the chair. Sometimes I help them to set or I have to rush quickly home to have my shower, put on my, my suit, and come to church before service starts. But if my pastor walks in and I'm not in church, I'm in trouble. Hallelujah. And I was doing that not for like a few weeks. It was for years. When I got married and I got a partner who was helping me. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's carrying everything. We're all carrying together. It's our ministry. Amen. Nobody was seeing it. And you know, like after church, how people are. They're like, hey, before you see the wall run away. Then we have to carry the same things back into the van and take it back into the garage before we leave. Nobody was seeing all those things. But that is where ministry starts. Am I making sense? That is where ministry starts. So never ever say that I want to be a great pastor and until I get there, I'm waiting. No, it doesn't work like that. It is your hard work that nobody sees from here that takes you there. Am I making sense? Yeah. So love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. It is God that you are doing it for, not any pastor. No pastor can repay you. No pastor's well done will make any difference to your life. Remember Sunday, I was talking about this brother who left because they didn't give him an award. The Cadbury chocolate, the 199 bar that he didn't get, he left the church because he was offended. He wanted people to clap for him because he thought he had worked hard the whole year. I mean, 199 Cadbury chocolate, what would it do for you? <laughs> it's amazing. 
In 1 John 3, 18, it says that, Dear children, do not love with words or tongues, but let your actions show your love for God. Amen. Do not love just by mere words, but love indeed. Amen. Your actions, your deeds must, must show. Number two, the second thing you must do is that be faithful in small things. To fulfill your ministry, you will always have to start small. Be faithful in it. Amen. I've told you about mine. Let me tell you about Pastor Glorious. Is that okay? It's not only me. Yeah. I remember, see, every job in the church she's done some before. I think the only job she hasn't done is lead praise. Even praise and worship, she's led praise and worship before. And meanwhile, her voice is not on the keyboard. I'm standing behind the pulpit, so I claim immunity in the name of Jesus. Her voice is in between the white and the black keys. <laughs> yeah. But I remember she joined the follow-up. Is it? You started with follow-up. Oh, you're not minding me. Oh, this threat, it, it don't work, so stop it. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> Welcome, yeah, welcoming team. She was part of the people who know who welcome. They are part of the ashes. They, 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 when people come, they have to smile. Hello, how are you? It's nice to meet you. Now welcome them to come and sit down. That was her, her job. When you don't feel like smiling, you have to smile. And my wife, she's not a smiler. <laughs> she's not a smiling person. But you have to learn how to smile if you are going to do welcome. Because after, after church, you have to go and befriend the people and you know, make them feel welcome. That was her job. I don't think we have a welcoming ministry in this church, do we? Eh? Pastor, do you have a welcoming team here? It's two in one. They are part of the ashes. But I don't see them work. <laughs> So she was part of the welcoming team for a very long time. Then she moved from there to follow up, is it? Yeah, so from there she became part of the follow up. So when people come to church and they come the first this time, this the second, she'll go and visit them, she'll go and see them, you know, bring them back to church and all. That was, that was her job. Then she moved from there to a home cell. She became part of the organizers of home cell. You know, and it's like, you have to invite people into your home and preach to them, all sorts of things. Then from there, she became what? What else is it? New Believer School. Became part of the teachers of New Believer School. Then she was promoted from there to teaching, uh, <laughs> teaching old believers. <laughs> she was teaching uh, apologetics and what else? School of the Word, Apologetics, and Victorious Living, you know, those type of Bible school type of things. Then before, then she became the teacher of the pastors. People wanted to be pastors. She was teaching them. But she started from where? The welcome. Then she went to follow up. Then she went to home cell. Then she went to new believer school. Then she, she, she's a serious person. She goes through me. I was just a bad boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, see, you have to learn how to be faithful in little things, in small things. The church of God starts small. It starts small. Everything. See, the whole world was created in, in seeds. In ministry, we start with seeds, not harvest. Am I making sense? Ministries are about what? Seeds. You start with small things, and then if you can handle the small things, then you can handle big things. Handle cleaning the room, but be faithful with it. Amen. It got to a point, she was part of, she was a ranger of chairs, isn't it? 
arrange chairs. Nobody can arrange chairs quicker than this lady. No, it's a chest. Let's arrange this, this room. And she can arrange it quickly. She can look at the number of chests in any room and tell you exactly how many they are. Within a few seconds, she can tell you that there are 2,000 chests here. Because that was a, a part of her job. Amen. Am I making sense to somebody? If you are faithful in little things, you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will make you a leader or I'll put you in charge of many things. Amen. In uh, Matthew 25, 21. Hallelujah. If you are faithful, you can multiply when you are faithful with little things. Hallelujah. Even as a church, God is going to try, trust us with many things when he sees how faithful we are there with the few people that he has given us. Amen. Yeah. So don't say, oh, we want to be like that church, you know, in this, in the town. That church, you know. So we no, let's start and be faithful with what we have. That is how we become like or bigger than that one that you are looking at. Amen. Number three, learn to minister outside the walls of the church. Is it number four? Number three. The number one is what? Start from where you are. Number, number two, be faithful in small things. Number three, learn to minister outside the walls of the church. Ministry starts outside the house of God. I find many people who think that Christian service is just within the four walls of the church. So it's like as soon as church is over and you get home, you forget about church till Sunday. Then when you come, then you become busy inside the four walls. No, ministry doesn't start from here. Amen. Singing, worship does not start on the stage. It starts outside. Preaching does not start on the stage. It starts from, don't tell me you are going to be the next pastor if you can't do evangelism. Am I making sense? Don't tell me that you have been anointed, called to be a pastor when you can't go outside and speak to one person about the love of God. Amen? Next one quickly. My time is up. Next one is training. Training is the key to success. If you are going to be a minister and be a successful one, always lend yourself to training. When I say lend yourself to training, do you understand what, they, what I mean by that? When they, there is a time for training, don't excuse yourself. I've seen it happen more, more often than not in the house of God. See, anybody wants to get ahead at work in the corporate ladder when they say it's training time or it's, it's a, they're doing a course or something, they are first to go on the course. Because it's with, those courses, it's with those courses that you become, you are promoted. Am I making sense? So everybody tries to go. But it, funny enough, in the house of God, when it comes to training, people don't want to go. They want to work in the house, but they don't want to be trained. We say there's a camp. You see all fantastic excuses. Why we should not, they cannot go for camp. But how can you excel in ministry if you are not trained? Am I making sense? Yeah. Nobody gets up and becomes a fantastic minister from nothing. It takes training. Amen. You've got to learn how to Humble yourself to be taught. Never, never assume you know. Am I making sense? Never assume you know. 
I've been, by the grace of God, I've been a Christian for 36 and a half years, brother pastor. I have you know. Yes. It's true, you've been in church for 36 and a half years, but does that mean that you've been trained? Does that mean that what you are doing is right? Does that mean that you know what to do? Hallelujah. Jesus spent more time training his disciples than preaching to the, the crowds. He gave a parable of the sower. Is it in uh, Matthew 12 or something? He gave just a few lines. And then he spent the rest of the chapter in private teaching the disciples the interpretation of the parable. Hallelujah. He did more training alone with the disciples than he did teaching the multitude. If you want to go ahead in ministry and excel in ministry, lend yourself to training. Let's say we are having a meeting for, for workers. We are having a meeting for shepherds. Don't absent yourself. Don't be too important to be taught what to do. Am I making sense? The reason why most, some people don't make it in ministry and don't do well is because they have not been trained. They have not been taught. They assume they know. Learn to read books. Don't think, because you see, life is dynamic. What you knew back then doesn't work now. Hallelujah. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know those type of, they don't have them in this part of the world. But there used to be a pool of typists with some old ancient typewriter that go, ta, 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 and they go, <laughs> if you're born in a certain year, you won't know what I'm talking about. Then they, they are, they are, they are Spectacles, they tie their spectacles with rope here to hold it together. You know, if you are that type of typist and you've been typing for 33 years and they give you a laptop, you won't be able to do anything with it. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Because what you know there doesn't work here. So you need to be trained. And even if you know how to use uh, word, they're always bringing new, new things. The, the Excel that I started with, they don't use them anymore. <laughs> the ones that I, I got, you know, trained on, every time they're updating things. So they are bringing new softwares. They are teaching new things. So you've got to learn to upgrade yourself all the time. Don't assume you know. Am I making sense? Don't assume you know. You may have been very proficient with uh, MS-DOS, but nobody uses MS-DOS anymore. 112 to binary numbers, 1122. The, the people sitting this side, they don't know what I'm talking about. But we thought we were the gurus of computers because we could read binaries. One one two two one 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 two 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 one one one. We convert the one one two two into language. Then we write it and give it to the people that this is. And they check us out. And say, yeah, these guys, they are sharp. They know binaries. Now you say binaries. What? What is binary? One one two. Have you guys heard of one one two two? Yeah, they don't do that any longer. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's that we believe ourselves. Because you can interpret and quote the 1122 and make a, write it out. You, you, are, you are a big dog in the corporate world. Those type of computers, they don't have them again. I remember I had a computer. The back of the computer is from like from here to there. The screen is like this, but the back is like from here to here. <laughs> you know, 
like, no, 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 no. It's like the, the size of the back of the computer will be like from here to here. And those times, I remember we saved a lot of money to buy that computer. And when we bought a computer, we really, I mean, like this computer was like our, it was the most expensive possession we had in the house. Then we had a baby. Then this baby decided, the scene that we were putting floppy disk. You don't know what for floppy disk is. Put floppy disk in the computer for memory. So they also decided that they see that they put things, then the thing comes on. So they also started putting coins. <laughs> coins, credit cards, fork, <laughs> spoon. <laughs> I haven't called anybody's name. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, when we woke up, the computer said, who will mind us again? Oh, we, we are trying to put a floppy disk, it won't go. By the time we went and did a little, we opened it up. Coins, credit cards, fork, spoon. <laughs> Everything was in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me, let me stop here before I get into trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. N- last one for today. Don't forget that your ministry is part of you fulfilling the Great Commission. So even if you're a singer, you are a media person, you sweep the church, you give water to the pastor, you usher, you play instrument. Part all that is supposed to help to fulfill the great commission. That make disciples. Amen. That is why, Pastor Sam, the ministries must go on evangelism. Must organize the ministry. Today is the choir's turn to go. It is the usher's turn to go. It is the media's turn to go on evangelism. It is the, uh, what do you call it? The prayer team to go on evangelism. It is the, uh, this chapel and that chapel and that chapel and that chapel. You should all go on evangelism because all that we are doing is part of the Great Commission. Because sometimes we come busy in church and miss the actual mark that is to win souls for Christ. So we come and sing. And we'll be singing to the same group of people for the last seven years. And it has not increased because we are not doing the Great Commission. Hallelujah. So part of fulfilling the Great or doing the fulfilling your Great Commission is to win souls. The choir should be able to organize their own musical crusade in the town. They go and sing in town. Sing, 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 sing. All their songs they sing here, they should go and sing it out there. And then when in the middle, somebody takes the microphone and shares the word of God to the people. And then bring them to the house of God. Amen. We have heard you sing all this while. You have done well. We clap for you. But it will be more powerful if you go out there and sing and bring more people in. What do you think? Or you don't like what I'm saying? Yeah. Go out there and bring it. It's part of your ministry. Are you not tired as an usher to usher the same number of people? Don't you want more problems? (laughs) You don't want to be bothered. How would it look like if you were to usher a thousand people? Have you thought about it? It will will have to be powerful, isn't it? Because now you have to do, immediately we have to think of overflow. Do you understand? Immediately you have to think about walkie-talkies. Because like some will have to be in a prayer room, some will have to be in the impact room, some will have to be in the basement, some will have to be in places. And it's all, they, they, they have TVs, they are watching, they are part of the service. So ashes must be there. Amen. 
It's not this remote type of ushering that we do. <laughs> they, they stand at the door and they say, you, go. See that, that chair, they go and sit on it. It's remote. You don't even walk with them. And you two go here. There. And you two at the back. No. Amen. But that will only come when we decide to go out and make disciples. How many are going to fulfill their ministry? Stand to your feet.